Welcome to Faith Westwood. My name is Holly Timberlake. I'm the Director of Adult and Family Discipleship. We are so glad that you are here. We have expanded the possibilities for you to join us in worship. Now you can attend our 9 a.m. in-person service, our 9 a.m. Facebook service, or you can join us online at any time. Now, nothing can keep us from worshiping our Lord. Bad weather, illness, or distance, we can find a way to join together in all of those situations. During worship today, we will have music, a children's message, and Pastor Steve will talk about a dose of healthy sorrow. We encourage you to continue to be in the spirit of worship. Boys and girls, Miss Leah here. If you're here with us in worship today in 3D, wave at me. I'm so excited to see you today. And if you're online, that's great too. I'm excited that you're here. 
No matter where you are, online or in worship with us today, remember that you are exactly where God wants you to be. Has anybody ever told you that you hurt their feelings or that you did something wrong? I know I have. Well, how did you react to it and what did you do about it? Well, a long time ago, I broke a promise to someone I knew. And I didn't find out how much that had hurt her feelings until I saw her years later and got to know her better. When I realized how I had hurt her feelings, it broke my heart and made me very sad. I cried about it, I prayed about it, and I asked God to help me change it. I felt that pain all the way in my heart. And I learned from it too, and grew and changed as a person. I learned more about true friendship, and I learned how to be a better person too. When I felt that sorry in my heart and asked God to help me with it, then I could learn and grow from it. And today we are the best of friends. And I am so thankful for that. Today, the grown-ups are talking about godly sorrow or healthy sorrow. And I think that that means that you feel sorry for those mistakes deep down in your heart. And you want God to help you change those around for the good. We all make mistakes and mess up. And I'm so glad that God knows we're going to mess up. He can help us through feeling the sorries in our hearts and help us learn grow and change through those and he can help us create something even better from our mistakes like my friendship with cammy so talk to your family today about a mistake that you've made that someone told you about and how did that sorry feel deep down in your heart and then how did it change you because you know when we feel that sorry deep down in our hearts it can change us too after children's time, be sure to check out the newest episode of the Pete and Repeat Show. You can find the links on the Faith at Home page at faithwestwood.com or in the email that just came out today from me. Also, if you're in worship with us today, there's a fun I Spy game in your activity bag that you can play from your pew. And if you're at home, you can pull it up in the email that I just sent out today and you can play the I Spy game as you watch the Pete and Repeat show and see if you can find those things during the show. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. Our scripture today comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5-11. through 11. If anyone has caused grief, he has not so much grieved me as he has grieved all of you to some extent, not to put it too severely. The punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient. Now, instead, you ought to forgive and comfort him so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I urge you, therefore, to reaffirm your love for him. Another reason I wrote you was to see if you would stand the test and be obedient in everything. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven... If there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. The second part of our scripture today comes also from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 5-11. through 11. For when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn, 
conflicts on the outside and fears within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrows, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I, I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you. What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hi, everybody. I thought we'd start today. I wanted to pray for our partner church, Iglesia Comunitaria, which is where Juan Carlos Veloso is the pastor. Uh, today is their first Sunday where they're going to gather for worship uh, since the pandemic began, and they're going to do it outside of Grace Church there in South Omaha. So let's take a moment and pray for them, shall we? Oh, Lord God, uh, we picture them gathering this morning, I think at 1130, and uh, uh, the joy on their faces as they, as they get to come together again and see one another and, and uh, just be the, the family of Jesus. And Lord, we, we pray that um, their worship will be heartfelt and their, their sense of belonging to each other will be real. And Lord, we pray that you'll bring people that maybe they don't expect, people who see them outside or walk by and, and are interested and want to join them. Lord, we pray that uh, this new church start, this uh, new faith community that's forming will be one that will really grow and, and take off and bring many people to faith and salvation through Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Well, I think for a lot of us, we can say that this pandemic has been like a roller coaster. You know, first no masks, then masks encouraged, and then masks required. We see businesses closed, businesses reopened, but some closed for good. Uh, we've seen schools close, and then some schools reopen, and then some uh, part-time, uh, full-time, or at a later time. Local COVID cases have surged and then declined and then surged again. Uh, and then, of course, the vaccines. Are they coming in October or in January or next summer? Who knows? So if you're confused, I get it. I'm confused too. And if your favorite football team happens to be in the Big Ten, then you've had some big ups and downs. Good news, a new fall schedule is announced. 
Bad news, fall sports are called off. Good news, football's back on. Bad news, but you can't go to the games. Good news, you can watch on TV. We hope, if the players stay healthy. So, good news, bad news, we see it all played out in 2020 hindsight. And when it comes to ourselves, you know, we love to hear good news, don't we? You're getting a bonus. Your entry won top prize. Your friends put happy birthday signs in your yard. But it's hard to hear bad news about ourselves, isn't it? I'm sorry you're being let go at work. Somebody's mad at you because you didn't keep a secret. You let people down because you didn't follow through. Bad news. It hurts, doesn't it? Today's the second Sunday of our fall series, Be Weak, Be Strong, Be Long. Uh, if you missed last Sunday, that's not a problem because every Sunday stands alone. But you can go back and watch the videos uh, Facebook, our website, or from our Faith Westwood app. And of course, you can listen to the audio uh, podcast as well. In this series, uh, we're going through the Apostle Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. And I know a lot of you have picked up a copy of N.T. Wright's devotional commentary to read at home, which I think is just wonderful. I will say way to go to you if you've started reading the book. And we have more books if you want one. Uh, I know a lot of you are also in a group, which is fantastic. Groups are the glue of our church. Did you know that? Groups are the glue. And if you want to know more about groups, Holly Timberlake would love to talk with you about that. Uh, she can tell you all about them. We have all Oh, pardon me, all kinds of groups meeting safely uh, at all different times, some by Zoom, some meeting outside. Soon we'll have a few mask-wearing groups meeting back in the building. You know, when I was uh, a very young associate pastor, not too far out of seminary, the senior pastor invited me into his office one day and gave me some news that was hard to hear. I wasn't expecting this to happen. He, he said that I seem to have a habit of disagreeing with his wife in conversation. Not, not in any kind of belligerent way, but still disagreeing a lot. I hadn't even realized it was happening, but as he described it, I could see maybe he had a point. And, and you know, these were, I was saying things I really didn't, need to say. And, you know, I'm not much of a crier, but tears just filled my eyes and began running down my cheeks to, to think that I had hurt her. And I wasn't, I wasn't consciously doing it, but I was doing it. Maybe it stemmed from some personal unresolved issues. I don't know. But what he told me that day, I needed to hear it. If I hadn't heard the bad news about myself, I wouldn't have been able to change. Today, I want to give you the, the heart of the message right up front. Here it is. Hearing bad news about myself may be hard to take, 
but God can use it to move me beyond regret toward change. Now, there's a lot in there, I know, and we'll, we'll uh, come back to it a little, a little later, but for now, let's say it together, shall we? Hearing bad news about myself may be hard to take, but God can use it to move me beyond regret toward change. Let's, let's get some background on Paul and the Corinthians. In the early 50s AD, Paul and a few friends traveled through Greece telling people about Jesus. When they got to Corinth, Paul stayed a year and a half teaching these new believers how to follow Jesus. Sometime after Paul left, he received word that someone in Corinth had stirred up all the believers against him. N.T. Wright suggests that maybe this was the same person who was having an affair with his father's wife that we read about in 1 Corinthians. Other scholars say it's probably not that person. I don't know. Whoever it was, it seems that this person made false accusations about Paul. For example, uh, maybe this person accused Paul of planning to pocket the money he, want, he says that he wants to collect for famine relief in Jerusalem. Well, it wasn't true. And most of the Corinthians Christ followers, they know that. But they also weren't standing up to this slanderous guy. And it was dividing the church. So, Paul sent his friend Titus off to Corinth with a stern letter, telling them they have to deal with this. And because of that letter, the believers confronted this guy. I don't know what they said. They may have said something like, if you don't stop spreading these baseless rumors that divide our church family, we're not going to allow you to meet with us anymore. And what happened? Well, apparently, the guy repented. He changed his tune. So now, in chapter 2, Paul urges them to forgive this guy. Welcome him back into the fellowship. But after Paul sends this stern letter, for quite a while, he doesn't know what their response is. Uh, will they reject Paul? Will they continue to let this renegade accuse him? Will, will the people believe this guy's outlandish allegations? Paul's worried. He's anxious. You know, in some of Paul's other letters, he says to not be anxious. But that doesn't mean that he never is. It, what it means is that we need to bring our anxieties to the Lord rather than try to handle them on our own. You see, Paul originally wanted to go to Corinth first when he left Ephesus. But something must have changed his plans. We don't know what it was. But Paul ends up going to Macedonia first, which is northern Greece. And that's why he sends Titus on to Corinth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul remembers how all that unfolded. Verse 5, For when we came to Macedonia, we had no rest. But we were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears within. So Paul has no peace. He's deeply troubled. He knows that if the Corinthians reject him, uh, they're just one step away from rejecting the gospel. And then all his work will be in vain, and these people that are so dear to him will be lost. But then Titus shows up. 
He, he, he returns with good news. Verse 6 and the start of verse 7 say, But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. Paul talked a lot in the first part of his letter about comfort. And now he brings it up again. You know, and the Greek word here in the, as a broad sense, uh, meaning not just comfort, you could also translate it encouragement and encourage. So Paul's not only being comforted, he's encouraged by what he hears about from, uh, from Titus about the Corinthians. And so what is, what is that? Uh, the rest of verse 7 says, He, that is Titus, told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. I can imagine Paul adding six exclamation marks, and I can hear him shouting hallelujah. And why is he so relieved? As I said before, Paul wrote the Corinthians a stern letter. We don't know what was in that letter, but it must have been pretty blunt. I can imagine Paul writing things, Where's your backbone, people? Uh, have you lost your senses? Leaders, how can you call yourselves the elders of the church and not address this problem? You can't let this guy continue to spread his poison. It'll kill the church. People will lose their faith. Do you want that on your conscience? Well, whatever it was that Paul wrote, it must have been hard for the Corinthian sisters and brothers to hear it. To hear that they had f failed so badly, cut them deeply. Paul, he knew that it would, but he did it for their good. Let, let's see what he says in verse 8. Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. He says, I do not regret it. I did regret it. You, you can tell that Paul's conflicted. He doesn't want them to be hurt, but he does want them to change. And when he hears that they have changed, he is thrilled. We see that in verse 9. Yet now I am happy, not because you are made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. You know, one thing I think is easy for us to do uh, as Christians is confuse sorrow and repentance. They're not the same thing. Sorrow is an emotion. Repentance is an action. Repentance means to change your behavior. Uh, Paul's letter brought sorrow, but it had its desired effect. It led to repentance. It led to change. It led to a restoration in the relationship. And then in verse 10, Paul contrasts godly sorrow with worldly sorrow. He says godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. Let's say you have a paper due in biology class comparing the anatomy of polar bears and brown bears. The due date's just around the corner, but you haven't started this paper yet. But then you find a similar paper online complete with uh, sources and footnotes, and you buy it for 50 bucks. So then you rework the paper to make it look like your own, and you turn it in. Next week, you get the paper back. Your teacher gives you an A. But 
one of your friends who knows what you did says, I'm surprised. I've always seen you as a person of integrity. Now, and, and this wasn't said judgmentally, but the comment just cuts you like a knife. All weekend, you, you wonder what your, what your integrity is really worth to you. Monday morning, you go to the teacher and you confess what you've done. And you ask, you ask permission to write another paper, knowing your grade will be discounted, at least for being late, if not also for plagiarism on the first draft. But you figure your integrity is worth it. Let's come back to our, the heart of our message, shall we? Hearing bad news about myself may be hard to take, but God can use it to move me beyond regret toward change. Reminds me of another time in my first appointment. Um, I gave a message, a sermon one Sunday, on the 23rd Psalm. I used one primary source, a book about the 23rd Psalm, and I used a lot of the author's ideas. Um, and I, I did not give the author any credit. It was, it was a pretty good message, I thought. But as I was greeting worshipers, shaking hands with the people as they were leading the, leaving the service, one lady leaned in close to me and whispered, I've read that book too. I was found out. So what am I going to do? Continue to plagiarize? Tell myself I'm a sorry excuse for a pastor and quit? Or confess? Repent, learn from my sin, and change. Hearing bad news about myself may be hard to take, but God can use it to move me beyond regret toward change. You know, it does you no good to beat yourself up for what you've done. I would say, stop punishing yourself. You'll just end up living a defeated life. Yes, we need to hear bad news about ourselves once in a while. It just means we need to face the truth. But you know, God doesn't want to hold on to that forever, and I don't think we should either. Instead of staying mired in regret, let it go. Receive forgiveness. Let God lead the way toward change. A couple Saturdays ago, Trisha and I were in the car going home down Giles Road, and she asked me, why have you been so mean to me today? Well, I can tell you I didn't see that one coming. That was the beginning of a difficult conversation. Fortunately, it was also a productive one. You see, when someone gives you feedback that's hard to hear, you have to decide whether this is a gift of truth or if it's an untrue attack. If it's an untrue attack, well, you need to name it for what it is and let it go and heal from it. But if it's a gift of truth, or if there's even some truth in it, you have to decide what you're going to do with it. Are you going to get defensive? Are you going to argue with it? Are you going to clam up in revenge? Or will you listen and learn?
Hearing bad news about myself may be hard to take, but God can use it to move me beyond regret toward change. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, um, you know sometimes we do get defensive. Uh, we want to argue when we feel threatened or we want to run away. But Lord, we ask that you'll give us courage. Give us the grace to receive hard news about ourselves and to give us the wisdom to know when it's true or maybe true or at least worth investigating. And Lord, we pray that you'll allow us to use this kind of feedback to um, change us for the better, to, to work in our lives in a deep way, to allow your Holy Spirit to transform us from the inside out. And so, Lord, we're saying, uh, open the door. Uh, we want to receive these, these challenges, this, these critiques, these, this feedback, and, and to know how to deal with it and receive it uh, for our good. And so, Lord, we're, we're counting on you to lead the way in all of these changes. We pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord, and all God's people said, Amen. Love
Difficult feedback is hard to hear. However, it can be an opportunity for growth. One of my favorite scriptures is Isaiah 43:19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We are so happy that you took the time to worship with us today. Please stop by faithwestwood.com forward slash service. Fill out a connect card where you can give us your prayer request. You can also give to our 2020 vision, which will, will help us continue doing the ministries here at Faith Westwood of Making Disciples. And our mission offering today is for COVID-19. COVID-19 fund has, was used to help us get into our building and make it safe for everyone. It has also been used and will continue to be used for people that have been exposed or had been affected by the virus and need some financial assistance. Next week, we will join together again. Until then, be weak, be strong, be long.